So this week is episode 15 with, uh, I I think of our many guests, I think we can give him beautiful. We'll just throw beautiful at him. The guy's got flow. Yeah, we'll show us that. (laughs) He's got some flow. (laughs) And, um... We were talking about vulnerability, which was kind of a kind of a raw topic, and we really got into it. What, yeah, what did we, we get into, down. Vince? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, we sat down with Benjamin Reese, who's a filmmaker, uh, an entrepreneur, a storyteller at large, and he is, in my estimation, one of the most forthright and vulnerable people that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. And we talked about vulnerability. That was the show's topic. And no better person, I think, to have on the show to discuss it than Mr. Benjamin Reese. Uh, It made for a very open and earnest show. I think that's something we strive to do in every show. But this definitely more so. And it really made for a unique kind of recording experience, at least for me. Yeah, I really appreciated it. It was kind of a breath of fresh air as vulnerability... In, in its many forms, often is uh, refreshing. So it was great to have Benjamin on to talk about some of his projects and to talk about some of his problems, which is something we don't like to talk about when we're thinking about success. Part of this whole vulnerability trip requires sharing of skills, of maximizing time, of just kind of doing better. Would you agree, Vince? Absolutely. And one thing... I use to be vulnerable for a second is a tool called text expander. It's something that allows me to be better and I will be very vulnerable and forthright in saying so. Uh, Especially, you know, I moved recently to a new studio and uh, so I had to update a couple of my snippets, which are the things you make with text expander. You know, for example, like a canned email response like my addresses, like my Twitter link, like my All those LinkedIn things that link. need to be done well and right, but are also monotonous and can be automated. That's totally. what Text Expander helps with. Shortcuts, man. It, it, it's just like really, really great. So big fan of Text Expander, big fan of what they're doing. And the cool thing is like I switched recently my address and it was so easy. I just popped right in there. And I actually, Vince, this is something like Text Expander is not promoting – um, but this is something that I will say is a huge benefit of text expander is that it forces you to like think about the processes or processes that you're going through. For example, if I'm going to invite someone to a meeting at my studio, okay, what are the processes? Like, okay, I need to like send them a calendar invite. We need another time. We need another whatever. We need another location. So like I have one set for my address, but then additionally I have one set for within that calendar invite my uh, my directions and so those directions say like okay here's my address here's where I live um, here's the parking situation and then you need to call me on this thing and then I will buzz you up and then you can come up whatever and actually recently uh, I had somebody who uh, I met with uh, for a meeting and they like they're like oh yeah yeah like your directory listing wasn't listed in the in the counter of mine and I was like oh my god that's great I will add it to my text expander. I'm just saying and it was just that easy. And yeah, now that problem is something man. you never have to address again. <sighs> that was like really raw for me to explain all that. And I know it was like long-winded, but it was vulnerable, which is very much in the nature of this episode with Benjamin Reese, who is fantastic. 
He's smart, he's talented, and here, he's here. so vulnerable. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, so thank you to Text Expander, thank you to Benjamin Race, and thank you to you, the listener. Uh, enjoy. My mom made me mash my M&M's. Doo-doo. I'm sorry, you gotta do the voice stuff. la 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 Sweet, sweet Vince, could you start us off and just tell me what you're working on? What do you put your time into right now? Love to, man. And wearing... Uh, I'm gonna take the easy way out. Get this. Buckle up. Uh, recently I've actually been putting some work into the show. I know you and I, week in and week out, put a lot of time into the show. So technically, uh, we like to stay away from using that as a cop-out answer. But we are kind of revising and streamlining and improving the, you know, guest experience and kind of the way we do things. And it's taken a little bit of work. And that's that's taken up the majority of my time in this still young week. And I, I thank you for that, Vince. I thank you for your time, your energy, your insight, your Dude, intellect, your your hair, man. You have great flow. That's Hey, I, man. I mean, I would say don't thank me for my work on the podcast because our thanks to each other is inherent. But I will always take a hair compliment. Yo, no yeah. exceptions. Oh, yeah. So for that, I am truly gracious. Uh, Can we get a – could we get a, a picture? Like just like maybe – like your, one of your top five hair pictures, and we'll put that in the show notes just for people to just uh, appreciate the flow. Man, you, yeah, you have great sure flow. Will, Maybe do, sure do one with shades and one without. And if there's a possibility of getting a leather jacket in the mix, do that. Just because I, it kind of, not that your hair is not great without the leather jacket, but it just kind of like brings it, it up. It accents it. I understand. Yeah, I yeah. totally understand. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll see if I can hook that up. I think I can. Okay, thanks. Wait, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to do, I was doing like a quick Google to see if I could find your hair game. Um, but I guess yeah. we'll have to, I'll have to wait for the his we'll listen. For listen, the show. Vince's hair SEO is like it's something we're working on, and <laughs> and um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. And I'm not even going to give you an introduction yet. I'm I want to leave you in the dark. Clearly, anyone who's listening to this at that point at this point though will know. But okay, fuck. Okay, hey, hey, Benjamin. What? Hey, how are you? <laughs> Hi. Uh, so, <laughs> well, first, just let's just tell us what you're working on right now, Benjamin. Oh well, um, let's see. Do you, uh, okay. What am I working on? <laughs> um, I got invited. I got, I got, uh, let's see what, what's cool happened this week. I'm working on three different, uh, proposals because, Ooh, props. um, I'm trying cool? to focus on filling the gaps for, we have two different producers, um, at our company. We have a small production company. We do commercials and, um, increasingly more music videos and our music videos productions are very demanding. Abby is uh, my co-founder's out in LA, um, shooting one uh, for RCA Records, and this artist called G Easy, and um, yeah, so she's out working on that, and I've been trying to fill the gaps, working on you know the biz dev side and mm-hmm. working with potential clients. So I don't know. There's different, um, like there's like this like New Orleans tourism thing, and then this like Drew Brees is coming to town. And somebody wants coverage for that, and then Easy. some. It's just basic like cool. making money shit that um, <laughs> drives the company that. Um, I'm really actually kind of excited to be focused on because for so many years I just kind of was like following artistic, personal, um, 
fulfillment. And now I'm just kind of like getting my head into a space where it's like, okay, people depend on you. Um, we're building something more than just Benjamin as an artist. And I've always known that, but we're kind of getting into a space now where it's like I'm getting zoned into that. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm kind of excited about that. So we kind of, and also at the same time, like I was just on a couple emails today about, 50 people in question moving that forward we've done another collaboration with post secret and um moving that forward and um i don't know i kind of have like a projects list of things but i'd say you know just overall i've been trying to get my head and back in the game of deltry business development operations because i just got back um you know i was in i was actually speaking at um uh this thing called the school world forum that jeff school from ebay um, he's like this philanthropist puts on every year and like Richard Branson was speaking there and this like a um, bunch of like philanthropists and anyway so I I gave a little talk there and also filmed 50 people in question there of all the participants and then we also the team kind of had like a little retreat around Europe and we kind of just hung out in Amsterdam and Ireland and so Ooh, that was kind of like a big sweet. yeah it was a lot of fun we do a lot of that honestly and I'm just kind of like all right, I'm done with travel. Like I went to Alaska. I went, last year I went to Alaska. Within the last 14 months, I went to Alaska and Nepal and Syria and Jordan. What? Come and, on, man. Jeez, um, man. Like all these different places. Whoa. And, you know, I'm just kind of like – I'm honestly kind of over it. I'm like, Ben, you're doing – we're good for you, cool traveling, but your company needs your attention, and there's nobody else doing this, I'm right? Pa- it's I'm like picturing every- you in the mirror, like just a full-size mirror, just like, Ben – Get it together, bro. Like, people are relying on you. Well, dude, everybody wants to hold the camera. Everybody wants to be behind the mic. Everybody wants to hold the camera. Nobody wants to be the guy having to put together the proposals or paying the taxes or paying payroll. Like, nobody wants to do that. And But yeah. that's what's needed out there is people who will help foster the or pay and get the insurance. And I don't credit myself for that, honestly. I credit Abby, or my co-founder, for the record. She's like every step of the way, like. So you yes, want to be behind the camera too, but she's she's doing that. But <laughs> no, I'm just right. I'm, I'm well, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Exactly. exactly. Give me a hard time. Awesome. Well, sounds like you've been busy, Ben. And for our listeners who have yet to be formally introduced to our guest, the voice you just heard was that of Benjamin Reese, today's guest. Uh, you might know him from the video series which he created, Fifty People, One Question. That was viral a couple of years ago. Very popular, awesome work. Uh, he's also the founder of Deltry and a general entrepreneur, storyteller at large. Awesome guy. Benjamin Reese, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, guys, for having me. This is fun. Well, I want to even say best hair so far. Of I, the guests? The, the Hood Girls had kind of a... They had a, they had a strong game and it was sort of double double your money there, um, but right. real real great blonde hair. But Benjamin, man, you're coming in with like varying styles. You you clearly have a flexibility to it, a versatility to your hair game that not a lot of our other guests can even can even talk about. They're not allowed to. Not even close. Yeah, just Google uh, me. Just Google me. You'll see. Go, Google and click images. You'll see the the hair game. I mean, it speaks for itself. I do it twi- I do it twice a them. day. Actually, the last time I got a haircut, I just brought a printout of, of the Google image results of Benjamin Reese. <laughs> and I said, just do something, something that can at least at least like look similar. Awesome. Um, well, Speaking we'll of, revisit hair in just a moment. But quickly, Grant, do you want to tell us what you've been I, working on? I do. Week? I think hair is almost a sort of a main tenet of this. Oh, no, no. It's a facet. Um, what we're talking about today is something that's really uncomfortable to talk about, really awkward to talk about. 
inherently it's vulnerability it's um it's something we pretend to talk about a lot you know everyone says we're vulnerable um especially in startups and in artistry it's really easy to think you're being vulnerable but man it's a real tough thing and benjamin in the, in the short time that uh, I've gotten to know him, is is one of the more vulnerable people I've ever spoken with, which is super refreshing. And so we're going to let that kind of lead our conversation today. And there are a few other points we want to touch on, but we're just we're getting vulnerable, we're getting comfortable, and let's just like let's do this thing. Yep. Today, episode fourteen, getting vulnerable. What does that mean in the world of entrepreneurialism, and what does it mean in the like world of art and creativity? Yeah, so maybe to start off this conversation, uh, can you just talk to us a little bit about what that means to you or, or sort of wh- where you come from on this subject, Benjamin? I think it's very clear to me that you're this person even before I met you. When I look at something like 50 People in Question, your involvement with Post Secret, which is yes. incredibly yes. vulnerable and kind of intense, uh, but amazing, so amazing. So I guess like what is it that got you into that mindset or, or how do you approach that? Where does that come from? I just love to just hear a little bit about that backstory there. Yeah. Um, well, to, to kind of note on Uh-oh. why I think it's interesting. Caveat. Yeah. I think why to make sure we circle back, why it's interesting guys is that I think in art artistry, vulnerability is wildly accepted and, and almost acclaimed, but in the world of leadership, and and especially I'd say in in more traditional industries or um, male dominated industries, as you see in tech, I think vulnerability is oftentimes a um, not necessarily an attribute a leader is um, looked to to have. And so I think that's something that I kind of um, would like to touch on is the clash of creativity and leadership and how vulnerability is an important transfer of skill sets to come from um, that area in art- artistry where it's it's celebrated you know you see people like um uh, uh what's that guy who did all the splatter paintings or pollock? Um, a, a pollock or um the guy who shot himself like you know we Wait, celebrate what? our art we what's his name <laughs> that he travels around the, he kind of like write writes all those uh road trip stories and then he killed himself in his backyard it's 55 years old um and he did leaving las vegas um, oh uh hunter or, s thompson hunter s thompson you know, we celebrate these guys who are like super vulnerable in the artistic world and like on the edge of, you know, of, of just, you know, just eradicating them, themselves from history in an instant or writing their ha- names into history. Um, but yet, when it comes to our leaders, you know, it's kind of like we have these examples of, at best, like a gentle uh, nerd like Bill Gates, but at worst, we may even end up with a Steve Jobs who kind of leaves behind a legacy of bullying people and mm-hmm. um, vulnerabilities, the least of his qualities. Um, but in terms of how I ended up being so vulnerable, I think um, – I don't know. I was always a little – I think it's a feminine sort of – the femininity that drew me to um, being vulnerable. And I think uh, vulnerability is a feminine trait, and I think it's you know something because of that that I kind of always saw my mother so open to being communication and seeing how powerful in my eyes she was mm-hmm. because of that drew me to to that and then certainly I, I think just in search of the female essence in terms of just understanding females and just it being in love with femininity as a dude um i just 
wanted to know what that was all about and how can I understand myself truly and not be walking around a big primate ape, you know, trying to sure. dominate other people and, you know, propagate, you know, my 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 genetics to other people. Like how can I really understand and unravel this this person? And I think being vulnerable is is kind of the start the starting point for that. Mm-hmm. It's just the starting point. It's not it and it's a being vulnerable is a is a journey to get there, but but once you're at that position in life with another relationship or with your business or with your creative idea, that's where you can make great things happen. Mm-hmm. And so getting to that point is important. And with 50 people in question, a perfect example of that is you know, we just started from a place of humility where we were just like, all right, this is my me and my friend Tong and my daughter, and we're all just gonna go out there and we're gonna ask somebody one question and we're gonna ask them the most interesting question that we can think of, irregardless to, you know, what a client might say, what a our film teachers might say. You know, I was I was actually in film school at the time. And Ooh. you know, we're just gonna go out and do this. And so, you know, I think it just lent itself to sort of that raw discovery and mm-hmm. that you you know the layers of protecting our artistic identity or trying to do something important or or trying not to make mistakes i think those that sometimes that can get in the way so an interesting thing that you were talking about there but i think it, it's important to know I, it, to me it's obvious but like when you say vulnerability is a very feminine trait i think you mean that in a very positive way clearly right i mean i, I don't be the negative way of saying that just curious well to to say that like uh, to generalize female or something. I mean, to call it a stereotype or something. Like, I guess it would be like, oh, like women are vulnerable, and I, I, it, I guess to for it to be a negative thing, you would have to consider vulnerability a negative thing. Right. It kind of reminds me of that moment in recent uh, interview with uh, Emma Stone and what's that guy yeah, from? It, I honestly, right when you said that, I thought of Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I instantly thought of that. But he like, he said sewing is is feminine. Is feminine. Yeah, yeah. And she called him out for that. So. Yeah, I guess you can kind of equate the two. In that. I swear that that's that's the thing I was thinking of, but I didn't think of it as like I was I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think he meant it ill either. And I actually, yeah. But yeah, um, we if you're listening to this, you should check out that moment. Just we'll Google, show notes. Like, we'll show notes it okay, for him. Cool. We'll just put for a sure, link in there, sure. which which was basically uh, he 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 just basically calls he calls sewing a feminine trait, and then yeah. Emma Stone just calls him out. And is like, well, wh- what's feminine about that? So actually, I will say on one hand, it's like, uh, I don't know he. Well, I don't even want to dive down that. That's just like that's There's a, a long, this is a whole rabbit. That's hole that a rabbit hole that we. Like, but that's it's down. interesting, you know. Yeah, like, know. like at, you know, he was trying. <laughs> I think he was trying to be vulnerable in that moment. It kind of like say, I feel awkward for being in sewing because it seems feminine. And she's like, and then she's like called him out from that. Yeah. And but but. You know, rightfully so, I think too, and I think rightfully so to, to right. object to say so is there's femininity. No, there's no like like black and white answer there, and that's what's real messy about it. The internet's like, yeah, fuck yeah, Emma Stone, go. But it's kind of like, well, ah, it's really awkward to talk about this stuff as a dude because oh, that kind of is a feminine thing. And and maybe in that, like, if he was one on one with a, a a woman, maybe he would have spoken about it differently. Um, and if he's one on one with a man, and I'm not saying that's right, but it's just like. He didn't mean it ill. It's like there's. It's such a tough line to toe. Right. No one cares about intention when they're having a gut reaction, to ah. like something as small as this. But I mean, right. you want to know? You want to know? I was reading this ASAP Science, listening to this ASAP Science video last night, and there was this um, video on why we cry, and mm-hmm. there's there's a difference between tearing up. Um, in an empathy and tearing up as a health thing. In other words, there's different proteins 
in the tiers, like vastly different proteins in the tiers um, that scientists can see mm-hmm. under inspection. And what they have sort of speculated is that tiers are a way of making ourselves – and so is blushing by the way because they have a similar video on blush – on showing empathy and vulnerability as a way to gain trust of those in a tribal situation or, or an anthropological wow. situation to gain their trust and to gain um, access into that, that group of people. Um, and so like, I think you know to kind of think of vulnerability as a feminine thing. I mean I also do think of you know crying as a more widely accepted feminine yeah. trait. And I'm not saying that's right. I I want to be able to um, be able to be bask in vulnerability and it be a cool and be okay and not be seen as feminine. And that's why I'm kind of claiming it a little bit. So uh-huh. it shouldn't be so feminine of a trait, but I I think it has feminine it does, feminine yeah, yeah. sources yeah yeah absolutely and oh man that's you're you're really like kind of setting me up here it's just like it's something i think about even in uh like in my own relationship right now um to get vulnerable with you for a second it's like it's it's a weird it's a weird balance because you think it I, and th- so this is like like when i say relationship i tell like romantic relationship but it, it applies to a lot of different relationships which is you you don't want to show your hand too much because that that is like where the power lies right um or or like historically you don't want to right. and uh it's so tough to give that up because it's it's like once you've given it up it's like you can't get it back you know i'm not saying you shouldn't be vulnerable but for me i guess um to give just my quick perspective on on the whole vulnerability trip is the reason i i think i choose to be very vulnerable as well perhaps you are living more more vulnerably can i say is that a word vince that is definitely a word vulnerably uh, i said it better that time um vince <laughs> would you say and i'm actually asking for your honest appraisal here would you say i'm a vulnerable person absolutely man okay okay definitely among the more vulnerable people i know okay okay and i was honestly just trying to get a get a get a real check um so but within that honestly that doesn't come even from necessarily a place of strength uh, I would say, or like classically understood strength, but it comes from a place of like authenticity in that I don't want the stress of not being vulnerable. It, it's it's like my way of combating, like to be inauthentic is like scary to me because it adds a layer of stress. It like pumps cortisol into my system. Yeah. It requires it requires effort and, <laughs> and like mental force to check yourself. Whereas being totally vulnerable, I think is freeing and it's almost less work in a way. Yeah, it's like it's like a quick uh, quick quick way out in a lot of ways. It seems so difficult, but I feel like yeah. once you like start doing that and once you just like like embody that, oh my god, is it freeing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, but I think there in areas where I think you're totally dead on and when you're especially when you're in a role like an artist that you that you're kind of expected to be vulnerable. But I think where it can be difficult is when you're in a situation sort of as a CEO of a yeah. of a small startup and you have investors and you know I just remember there was this moment when one of my lawyers texted me he's like I'd remove that Twitter from your Twitter if I were you that's just mm-hmm. not good and I was like well well this is the way I felt and it was like a vulnerable tweet it was like you know basically it wasn't disparaging anyone but myself but not even really it was like the content of the tweet was like um I hate it when I'm broke um, it changes my perspective on reality. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he like 
emailed me and it said I wouldn't put that out there for you and there probably was a very good reason for that and but it's kind of like that was sort of an introduction into the world of being a accountable uh you know business person in that leadership is not you know always granted true you know vulnerability that builds up a healthy uh you know sense of being and and well-being sometimes you're you're instructed to or expected to suppress your vulnerability in an effort to um meet this certain standard that ultimately can be detrimental to um your quality of life and so yeah i mean that's like that's very interesting to me and i think you're bang on in that point let's talk about that for a minute because grant and you benjamin you're both entrepreneurs and so you've been at the helm of of a new thing a new business maybe not ceo levels of global responsibility but I mean, the same leadership principles apply, at least I would think so. How do you guys, as vulnerable people, balance that disparity that pretty clearly exists? Well, there's there's no black and white answer, as as we often kind of default to. But one thing to note here, uh, I, Benjamin, are you familiar with Simon Sinek's more recent work, uh, Leaders Eat Last? Who Who is that? Simon Sinek. No, no. He, his, he had a TED Talk that... Um, uh, quote unquote went viral uh, a few years ago, but it was like uh, all about the golden circle and starting with why. I don't know if you have you seen that at all. No, but I see uh, it on Vimeo. I'm gonna watch it. Okay, later it's on. it's fantastic. Yeah. It really is. It it's a real good introduction to his work too. But he has a he has another a book out right now, and he and he had a talk he gave at 99U um, last year, and it was it's called Leaders Eat Last, and it's all about the principles of leadership. And chemically, which is really interesting to me when you're talking about these these different proteins in our tears and what that indicates, um, but chemically talking about um, endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, uh, and oxytocin. And what it sounds like is that that whole tear trip is is an element potentially of oxytocin. Oh. Um, but okay, uh, he, what he talks about is like um, is closely related to what we're talking about with with leadership and with being vulnerable, with being a leader, and all these things. And it's definitely an element, but let me just say, like, the kind of messy side of this, and with with all things, it's really easy to be like, you know what, like, let's just be real, let's be raw, let's be honest, let's be whatever. But on one hand, I, I've said before to Vince, and it's something I still feel in some ways, it's like, leadership is lonely. Like, it is, by definition, a lonely practice in that at the moment of truth, at, at that, that zero moment, you have to make the decision, you know? That is what leadership is oftentimes, whether you're, you know, being democratic or not. It's like you have to pull that trigger. And sometimes I almost feel in a protective way you don't want to be too vulnerable. Not always, but, like, sometimes I, I don't know if it's better for the group or if it's better for the tribe to yep. divulge all. And I, I don't know. I, I've, I've had specifically had employees tell me, Ben, you need to put less out there. I've specifically had not just mentors. I never certainly had them yeah. say that. I've Lawyers. had employees <laughs> being like, "Hey right. Ben, you may right. not want to say to them how much your company actually makes." And I'm yeah. like thinking to myself, "Well, they really should know and they, you know, if they knew the whole truth, they would know, you know, it's not necessarily making millions of dollars or, you know, or whatever. It's like, you know, from my perspective, I had my reasons, but they but they were kind of right in that 
you know, sometimes you need to be so, – so being vulnerable is not an excuse to be a loose-lipped, right? Mm-hmm, so I think we can mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. all in the same there. I did like also what you said about being lonely in that I think at, at the end of the day what leadership teaches you is a life lesson, not a leader lesson per se. It's a life lesson that at the end of the day when you're on the edge of the cliff and who you know, and you need somebody to pull you up, whose hands do you look to? You look to your own. There's nobody else that's going to pull you out of the pit but yourself. And I think, you know, whether you're a leader or a person dealing with a divorce or, you know, a, a shuttering of a, a startup or a business that you really cared about or, you know, facing a lawsuit or whatever it is, those moments in life that bring you great anxiety, I think that's an important lesson to learn is that, you know, there's nobody else that's going to bail you out. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of have to just look to yourself and and but also know that there's other people that if you you can't bottle it up you can't project this image of like everything's okay and if you're in that position where you don't have people to talk to then you need to figure out how can i get you know how who can i talk to that's not going to judge me who's not who who can i talk to because you what you don't want is to be like that child who's like that teenager who you know, you have to hide everything, right? Mm-hmm. That we're talking about the opening of this conference call is like you have to hide everything because you're afraid of judgment, you're afraid of accountability. It's like there's people in we're adults and there's people in every one of our lives, if we look, that we can be vulnerable to, we can open these discussions, we can crack a beer or a bottle of wine and say, Hey, I'm going through problems with my relationship that's affecting my business, or mm-hmm. I'm having a problem I'm having a hard time figuring out, you know, how to pay my taxes, or I'm having a hard time figuring out how to deal with this lawsuit and it's really stressing me out you know you know and, and again they, these are all just things i'm pulling from my personal life and nice. right yeah you're there, being vulnerable you know, <laughs> that's right yeah. and are, the messy are, part is is that there. like the your work problems will always become life problems and your life problems will always become work problems and that's something that can't be extracted and separated oh, especially it's, in entrepreneurship right yeah especially in entrepreneurship i mean the closer you're your job becomes to your life the more your problems are going to overlap it almost goes without saying and so it's as a vulnerable person i would think it'd be increasingly difficult to separate that from your leadership style and your entrepreneur style do you think you're vulnerable vince like as a whole uh i would say i am not as vulnerable as you are grant and by it's not like a competition by no no absolutely it's just a way of contextualizing the way this in which we communicate uh i think with my friends and maybe you can echo this or refute it (laughs) i think i am pretty vulnerable with my friends but i wouldn't i wouldn't say i was as forthright with people that i don't know as well as uh which is totally fair which is totally and and i mean you're very honest you're very like that's the thing, though. I feel like to an extreme in a really good way. As a friend, uh, you're incredibly honest, you know? And well, so, I appreciate that, man. It's something I pride myself on. Yeah, but. well, and a lot of people, though, even even among friends, and, uh, well, <laughs> it's funny. You alluded to this before, Benjamin, was uh, with social media, with Twitter, with Facebook, with um, these, like, naturally idealized versions of our lives. It's a whole nother thing. Because we're not, we're not, uh, you know, we're taught by by these platforms and by ourselves and our friends and our, you know, whatever, to put a filter on everything, you know. And so then, how do we apply that to real life? It's like, oh, I need to put a filter on this. What one should I choose? I'm really feeling <laughs> like I'm really feeling like a, a an A5 filter here, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so, yeah, I have a question for you guys. I mean, what would you say – why are we vulnerable? Why do we – why is being vulnerable desirable in a nutshell? If you were to boil it all down to 12 words or less, <sighs> you know, why would you say vulnerability is an important attribute for um, a creative or – or an entrepreneurial person. Why would you say that? Hmm. I can I can take a stab at it first. I think living vulnerably removes the greatest number of potential barriers between your best possible work and your most personal work and getting that work out to the viewing public or whatever it is that you're creating that work for. And the more that you protect yourself, the more that that shield is going to be apparent in your work and the work will um, maybe not ostensibly but probably suffer for it in my opinion that's good I think that vulnerability breeds honesty breeds passion breeds progress breeds quality a lot of breeders in that mix, <laughs> and uh, I mean every time it's a multiplier, well so it's like twelve or fifteen. But I mean, you, you just do better work. You do more honest work. You react better. I think for a tribe, which is kind of what we were getting at, vulnerability is is really is an honest assessment of of what you're doing and of of the the challenges you face and the opportunities that exist. And when when all are vulnerable, all are sort of empowered to act. And when all are empowered to act is when you get the greatest progress because, uh, you know, 100 people giving an honest, vulnerable effort is way better than one person, um, you know, locking down that, that honesty and, and vulnerability and, and just telling people what to do. Yeah. No, I think those are both great points you guys made. I mean, for me, when I think about why vulnerability, I think about the core tenet of what we're after as brands and as human beings as you know ultimately in and in, in business as well is that we want to connect to each other and these different styles of how we get towards connecting as cultures you know vary and i was just in ireland and people say oh we have you know they our irish people have a bubble here it's kind of like their stereotype like we have a bubble like new yorkers like we'll you know we'll be polite, but for you for to us to really trust you, we have to get to know you pretty well. You know, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. kind of an outsider until you're an insider, and then you're an insider for life. Um, and then you know, in New York, it's the same thing where we kind of like, you know, well, are a little bit opposite in that you know people are kind of rude, and in that they have like that subway shield, and then mm-hmm. you step into their living room, and it's kind of like a whole person, kind of like ready to envelope you. And I think. Connection is can you know, and how we get to those connections can translate in different cultures, and vulnerability can be different. But I think ultimately we're trying to get at the same thing, which we want something real from our brands. We want something real from our leaders. We want something real from from our coworkers. And vulnerable brands are brands that we're connecting with, you know. And that's why I think you're seeing a push in you know for more transparency and. How products are made and distributed, and um, what their impact is on you know the Foxconn employees and all these mm-hmm. things, is because we are tired of as consumers having the wool pulled over our eyes. Just in the same way as women are tired of you know or, or minorities or or 
you know, in all these different areas of life, like you see like progress being made in terms of getting to the real, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, and I think, you know, it, it's easiest to do it when you're small. It might be seem like it's hard, harder to do it as a startup or as an artist or one of us guys, but it's really easiest for us because we have a lot less to lose by yeah, being yeah. vulnerable. And so my vote would be in all areas of our life, you know, look for areas that we can sort of like be, um, sort of weak in and still not lose the whole ship you know like mm-hmm. where can we kind of give up that perfection that look of the parent of of a perfection and sort of like be vulnerable to the people around us because it'll i found you know what guys i found the most here and i'm gonna in my ran, little ramble with this and yeah. see what y'all think but the thing i found the most about being vulnerable is that it opens you up to um a person giving you something back. It's like mm. that old Benjamin Franklin trick. It was like this life hack blog where I learned where he's like his enemy was like, you know, his political enemy hated him. And so he schemed over years to keep asking for this guy for this one book he had in his library. And he knew this guy had a library that he really wanted. And he was like vulnerable to him in the fact that he was like, I really don't have this book. I really would love to read your book. I know we have problems um, in our, you know, offices or whatever, but. I really would love this one book. And it kind of like the guy, Benjamin Franklin needing him was like his hack of being like, we have this connection and I need you. Mm-hmm. And and thus he felt like he needed Benjamin Franklin. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they call it the Benjamin Franklin effect. And it's like the only life hacker blog or whatever. And it always stuck with me. Cause like one night, like all these like girls, I was like hanging out with her. Like Ben, this one girl, we were like sitting on the stoop and we walked back in and she was like, Ben, I just told you stuff that I never, I've never told anybody else. And it was like, and then this other girl over, and she's like, "Yeah," she's like, "That's true." And then this, I swear, it was like four or five people in the room, were like, "Yeah, I've told Ben things I've never told anybody." And I was like, and I was like thinking about it, and I was like, "Well, I think it's because I probably tell them things that they've never heard from mm-hmm. other human beings, like shit that's like kind of you know shocking, you mm-hmm. know, in a way." But to me, it's like I almost feel like it's part of my identity. And one thing interesting around that is like. Though is like the whole social media thing. It's like, what do we put out there on our blogs? What do we put down on their Twitter? I mean, what do you guys? What do you guys think about that? Is it, it was the world going to be moving more towards vulnerability in social media, like being able to put out, you know, the shit that we, the mistakes we make, or or is it kind of going to get even more uh, plastic and and you know, controlled? Ooh, well, that's <laughs> oof, that's a big one. Um, but what, real quick. Just yeah, go ahead. Just, just think, well, just thinking about just thinking about what you were saying and what we were talking about, and you you were saying like it's really really fucking cool to be honest and vulnerable. For some reason, I just like put those two together because I guess when I think about vulnerability, I think it's it's basically just honesty and but like a level of honesty of of like going beyond. It's really easy to say nothing, and I think that is still honest, but. Um, to, to be vulnerable is to kind of voice your honesty. And um, that opens up a whole fucking new world, you know? Once you start doing that, like, I just feel like you enable yourself to grow so much more. Because every time you're honest in those situations and vulnerable with people, you grow. And it's just this crazy exponential thing. So I that's a huge benefit to vulnerability if we're going to break that down. But um, it's funny to think about what you were saying. It's like it reminds me a lot of, like, comedians, comedians are you know they're like they're just talking about this stuff they're reflecting humanity and real life and i mean that's just what we're talking about is it's like the things we're all thinking about but don't want to say 
Um, I guess that's a lot of vulnerability. Um, And then also the last thing was just empathy, which when you're saying, you know, people are telling you things that um, they've never told anyone else. I think people can sense empathy and you can't really fake that thing. It's just like curiosity. It's either genuine or it's not. And, and empathy is an incredibly valuable thing and an incredibly uh, valuable thing for you to, to like just have. It gives you leverage with other human beings. Yeah. I mean, they, I, I don't use it as Not that. in a shitty way. You didn't mean it that. You know? Well, you could use it in a shitty way, but, I mean, you should just know. It's like, you know, this all goes back to a very anthropologic basis. We hated leaving our caves out of fear for uh, getting eaten by the lion. And, you know, over time, we've come up with all these, you know, things we still have anxiety over because it all relates back to oh, am I going to get eaten by the lion? <laughs> and we constantly have to remind Lizard ourselves, brain. like, yes, we can jump off this cliff because we have bungees. Yes, we can jump out of this plane because a million people do it every day or whatever. You know, and it's like, but, you know, we definitely have that instinct of protecting ourselves. Well, that's why we constantly. get the adrenaline rush from that stuff. True, it's Because true. It's, it's chemical. You are going to, like, love Leaders Eat Last. You are going to love this so much because it is. It's just talking about our prehistoric roots. It's talking about, like, the chemical reactions that drive our motivations and our everyday activities. You're going to love this, man. I love it. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, queued up. And I really appreciate, um, for the listeners, they gave me a list of all these awesome um, – Grant gave me a list of all these awesome podcasts oh, that nice, I really yeah. can't wait to oh, check yeah, out. Oh, yeah, I saw so. that, man. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Hey, listen to all of them. Um by next week every episode of each thing and then i want a full report on my desk oh my god <laughs> I, mean, I, I actually don't if you do if you do listen to any of those i'd love to just hear what you think of them yeah um because i'm super passionate about those or i wouldn't have shared them and i'm a i'm a podcast junkie at this point so he really is uh well dudes i have to say this has been extremely stimulating so far this has been a really good conversation titillating uh, <laughs> talking about being vulnerable um, but yeah, it's kind of unlike any conversation we've had on the show so far. So I've been, I've just been really drinking it in. It's it's um, our post secret episode, sort of. <laughs> kind of. Sorry, yeah, kind of, sorry. we've been bet, a little bit vulnerable. You're tired of that, aren't you? <laughs> no, not at all. We got we we're, we filmed another ep, another like follow up to that, as well as we have like twelve other fifty people in question episodes where <sighs> we're, we filmed and prolific. We're like prolific. working on getting the website rebooted and. Yeah. I don't know if y'all saw the Boston Marathon stuff we did with my friend the, Robert. The Boston hoping... Strong thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we, I've kind of been taking a stronger role in his brand and helping him build that. So um, I've kind of uh, loved the the whole question thing, though. And it's kind of like my party trick whenever we're at dinner with somebody. He's like, everybody's like, oh, tell them about that. And I'm like, all right, well, I, I'll tell you what the question is if you answer it yes. yourself. You know, like – so they have to answer a question. So by the end of this call, I'm going to have to think of a really juicy, vulnerable question to ask you guys. Please do. <laughs> oh, boy. Please do. It's, it's kind of like actually uh, I've been doing – I've only done one to be fair. But uh, I'm trying to do a monthly story club where like I put out a prompt. Um, oh, yeah. And then, and then I invite maybe like 20, 30 people into my studio and we just – you know everybody brings some, some food and some drinks. And then uh, maybe like half of the people, like I think 10 people – um, are slotted to just give up and or to stand up and give like a seven minute story about the thing. Um, the first one had some really fucking vulnerable stories, like talking about bisexuality, like talking to talking to parents about being gay, 
like exploring drugs. Exploring, just all, not that it was all like like that intense or degenerate or anything, but it was just like really just cool and vulnerable and awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's... I'll invite you to the next one. Maybe you can. I know it's a bit of a hike, but <laughs> you're in you're in New Orleans, right? Yeah. Well, um, well I try sometimes. To, I'm spending time. Ta- I'm trying to spend more time here. Like I was in the office maybe three days out of three months, like up until like a week ago. So so um, pretty consistently once a month. Yeah, but I'm where. So where are you at? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Oh yeah. So I've never been to Minneapolis. I've really? Oh my! It's fantastic. It's this is such a great city. There are a lot of cool projects and people. City. And listen, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna tell you this. I have um I have a guest room now that that is like part recording studio, part uh, guest room. Should you find yourself uh, wanting to or up here, you are welcome. You have a place to stay, uh, shelter, food, drink. Uh, oh yeah well we're gonna music. do a 50 people in question tour we'll just put a pin on the map and you'll put be a pin. <laughs> all right beautiful yeah dude cool can't wait um speaking of anything ever Vince, <laughs> right segue another flawless segue for thank the people you with 10,000 hours uh i the beyonce this episode's been great talking about interesting things it's an episode of vulnerability and we're being vulnerable i think <laughs> this is just awesome uh if you're familiar with the the tone of the show at all mr benjamin uh, we like to take a break from the topic every once in a while and do something we call an off-topic topic. And this is something we talk about that usually isn't germane at all to the conversation. And today is no exception. We are talking about aliens, UFOs, extraterrestrials. Just what are your thoughts? There's no question. There's no real prompt. Just <laughs> tell me what you think about aliens. Grant, do you want to start us off? Well, actually, I want to start oh, us off shit. by... shit. Oh, God. <laughs> Again, I can't, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm not excited. I'm nervous. Okay, but what I was going to say was, Vince, could we could we get like a, a little like mini theme song for this? Because I was realizing, off-topic topic, there's a hyphen in there, I realize, but it's like OTT. Could we repurpose the OPP song? Like, maybe we <laughs> sing it ourselves, maybe we do a cover, maybe we get somebody just like, you're down with OTT. Yeah, you know me. You know what I'm saying? I think we have to do it now that you right sung it seriously. On the show. Do you, wait, you know that song, right? Yeah, for sure. Benjamin, do you? Yeah, we used it as launch. We did this thing called Launchpad TV, which is this like co-working <laughs> space we're in, and that was our theme song for the opening episode. Wow, that's a yeah. great song. I mean, that was a good. That was a great artistic choice. <laughs> thanks, thanks. So but aliens, yeah. aliens, go. What What are we gonna say, Grant? About um, aliens? note to self. We should like I, I kind of want to put in like a little inter. I'm sorry, I'm still not talking about aliens. I'm more talking about music, but I want to put in a little interlude of uh, what is the Blink 182 song? Aliens exist. <laughs> I, I don't know that one, man. Really? All right. Nope. Listen, we'll show notes it slash. I might just drop it into this episode for like maybe oh, ten God. or fifteen seconds right now. How many brothers out there know this what I'm getting at? Who think it's wrong because I was splitting and cohitting that? Well, if you do that, so and you're not down with it. But if you don't, here's your membership. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. If you're listening, we didn't deliver. I'm just predicting that now. No, so. God. Well, either way, either Grant. way. Okay, so aliens, man. Well, <laughs> um, one of my favorite alien movies is uh, Mars Attacks. Great movie. Oh my God. I think we've re- referenced that before, right? What was yeah, our What was our topic there? 
I don't even remember. I'm just trying to derail. I don't actually want to talk about that. Uh, but Pierce Brosnan was in that. Uh, who else? Jessica? Star studded. Really. Jessica Parker? Is it? Yeah, All right, I'm going to lay the topic of aliens out to rest for a while here. I'm going to tell you guys the, the end-all, be-all way to trick. frame mental framework to think about aliens. You're either – it's the same way to think about ghosts. You're an, a naturalist or you're a supernaturalist. So you you either subscribe to the idea that everything has a natural reason that we as human beings will potentially one day uh, could understand using – leveraging technology, leveraging um, our brains uh, given to us by nature um, and that there is no supernatural power that will um, – if there is a god, we will understand this god one day and um, – um, you know, in others' frequencies or spectrums of light that we will be able to see that once we called supernatural, we will now call natural. And the same applies to, to aliens. If, um, you know, there are, you know, aliens out there, then um, you hear my whole, my whole pro- problem with aliens and the talk around aliens is we have no data points. We have no, given the expanse, um, vastness of the universe, um, you know, if there, we found one alien, then we could start. Uh, extrapolating the data behind what we could predict um, given the uh, density of the universe in terms of planets um, capable of of different types of light uh, a life that could potentially communicate with us and that could be a very wide range of quote unquote life what is considered life um, we don't have any data points and so it, aliens are a nice uh, natural uh, thing that could actually be out there that is a good um, play place for um, uh, fictional material. The same as ghosts. You know, ghosts could exist. Gods, quote unquote, gods could exist. Aliens could exist. But um, yeah, but it's kind of a my. So my whole thing <laughs> about my whole thing about aliens is my my feature film pitch, and it basically is twenty thousand years ago, Earth was a breeding ground for. Um, uh, Homo erectus and different variable variants of the early human uh, prototype, and they were using uh, the Earth as an illegal off-planetary galaxy uh, breeding ground. Bang zone. <laughs> it was uh, the bang, bang zone. zone. It was yeah, right. they were crossing breeds for different animals, and there was this human lover guy ra- breeder, alien breeder, who loved humans and came up with uh, Homo sapien basically by crossing us with like another whatever, and he like. And then thus entails like the whole alien crackdown and like war between humans and whatever. And that's my whole movie idea. But yeah, that's what and, I think. And dude, you're calling it Bang Palace, right? <laughs> or Bang Rock. <laughs> yes. I would pay yes. $7. Bang Rock that. from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, Vince, with inflation and, and uh, increased movie, uh, uh, movie theater operational costs, you're, you're looking at maybe 10 or $11. I would not pay that much. Oh, okay, so so on, on the small no. screen, on the small screen, maybe we can get seven out of him. Yeah. Smell of no, that sounds Smell awesome, though, dude. You had a just, you're just full of perspectives, man, Mister Reese. You are just. Hey, sorry for derailing all of our perspectives. I didn't actually give an opinion on aliens. I just talked about it. Like, dude, that's all right. That's what we're here we to cool? do. We're not here to like break it down, alien style. We're here to just say whatever comes to our mind when we think aliens. Welcome, and, to- and that's what came to my mind was wanting to break it down for you guys. So ah, I, I apologize. You bro- I was broke it so, down. You know what? That's that the was thing, awesome. man. Past tense, like you just. It was like uh, it was like uh, after you move, you know, you you bring all the stuff in, you you know, you put the you bake your bed, you get the dishes out, you do all the stuff. 
And then what do you do? You break it down. You take the cardboard boxes. You <laughs> unfold the. <laughs> Ooh, duped you guys in. That was just a storytelling tactic where I switched gears on you. I I can go into length about that later, but. Um, I want to hear that. I don't think that's necessary, man. No, no, please, I'll <laughs> do it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'm the fucking worst. Like this, this is like my worst off-topic topic in the history of our podcast. Which is only twelve or thirteen a baker's dozen episodes in. So this like, is there's a lot 14, of fourteen, by the way, man. Yeah, I know. So, but we're only we're only a baker's dozen in. Oh, good point. So we're like partway through. Who knows if this one will actually get published? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not really feeling it. Yeah, I'm just fucking with you. But Vince, tell me about your alien fetish. <laughs> well, it's exactly what it sounds like. No, uh, aliens, man. Aliens fascinate me. Uh, as a horror movie fan, my all-time favorite alien movie is Signs. Oh God! Beautiful movie. Oh! Just good. Uh, Was that touches on a lot of the themes that Mr. Reese actually just brought up in his spiel. Uh, the most interesting thing I think about aliens is the fiction that surrounds them. Uh, there's no more literal way for an author to do universe building than to build an actual literal universe with aliens in it and examine kind of humanity's faults and accolades by comparing them to a fictional race so i think kind of the coolest thing about aliens is the way that we can contextualize our own lives by looking at fictional representations of them i love that eloquent as always i have three questions that are totally like we we should probably end this off topic topic but i'm gonna go ahead and forge on through one one are you guys familiar with have you read and or watched uh ender's game Read but not watched. Oh, good. That was Watch the... but not read. Fuck you. <laughs> Vince, Come you on. had the right answer. Benjamin, I still love you, man. Uh, no, uh, I, the movie was horrible. I still, oh, I assumed, my God. The I assumed movie that was that was so the wrong bad. Answer. That movie, like... like what's that What's ugh. that Harrison Ford uh, line? Like, he's in control now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screw <laughs> you, Harrison Ford. Oh uh, honestly, God. like, Ender's Game was... Uh, well, it still is my... F- Honestly, I don't even know if it's my favorite book anymore because of that movie, But um, which I'm just kidding, but also maybe serious. Uh, I loved I love Ender's Game, okay? I've read it many, many, many times, and I've read the whole series, and it goes on, and it grows, and it's so beautiful, okay? And I come from a long history of being obsessed with books growing up, and so, like, going to see this movie was kind of important to me, and I went with a group of friends, and, like, honestly, Ouch. there are very Ouch. few movies that, like, I would... Like, they were partway through. I honestly was just, like, literally yelled at the screen, fuck you. <laughs> like, I was just so <laughs> mad. And it's not fair. It's so hard to make a movie and to do all this stuff. But I was just really pissed at what happened. It okay, didn't work out. You, most of the time, I'm like, it could be the worst movie. And I'm like, dude, it's so hard to make a fucking movie. Shut the fuck up. Like, whatever. But I was really mad. Okay, number two. Uh, have you seen Pacific Rim? Yes. Just you, recently. Nice. What about you, Ben? Jimin? Cut. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I love that movie. That nice. was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Vince? It was a romp. It was fun. Uh, it was like a classic comic book monster movie. Yeah. And the acting was, like, pretty abysmal, but... Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That was, was my visual. Like, Charlie Day, man. Charlie fun. Day in that movie, I was like, come on, man. Charlie Day was supposed to be comedically, and he still, like, fucked it up pretty bad. But he's a, he is a good actor. Or he's, like, he's a good dude. But, yeah, I wasn't too impressed with that. What but, about Perlman, though? That oh, dude fucking killed it. Oh, my God. He was yeah. fucking choice. Shenanigans, though, on a couple of, like, like, especially at the end with him, like, 
clawing out, but you know, it was part of the thing. Okay. Spo- Godzilla. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Also post, this is a post secret, right? Is that what that means? You after the secret. So like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call that a post post spoiler alert. So now that you've heard the spoiler alert, I'm actually going to make it worse by telling you that was a spoiler. Um, <laughs> okay, third thing, I swear to God, final thing, um, or I swear to aliens, I don't know, do they exist? Oh my God. Uh, uh, Carl Sagan, Pale Blue Dot, and there's one other, I don't know what the other one is. Chilling, they, haunting. Right? Beautiful. Right? Have you seen those, Benjamin? Pale Blue Dog? <laughs> dot. Pale Blue Dot. I cried the first time Wait, I watched it. Wait, is this the one that me was too. directed by James Franco or whatever? No. Oh, that's Palo Alto. Palo Alto. Oh my God! I was gonna. Sorry, I I was just gonna make a joke. Oh no, you're thinking of Palo Alto with Emma Roberts, but then it was like actually gonna be that. (laughs) No, Pale Blue Dot. It's honestly just like a three or four minute video. It's mostly just like it's just it's just narrated by Carl Sagan and it's put to some like right. It's um, a Sagan monologue from something he did in the past, Mm -hmm. put to a artfully assembled montage of artfully totally images and it's a tearjerker it is and I, i'm wondering maybe you know this vince there's another one um that like does he there's, talk- a, there's a few other ones i think but none of them had the same effect on me as pale blue no, no, no 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 totally but there's there, i don't know if it's in this one or a different one like you need to watch this and we're gonna show notes it and like you're gonna like this a lot honestly uh just like what was the other thing i thought you were gonna really like oh yeah leaders eat last both those things you're gonna love um but uh, he talks about the – what is it? The alien intelligence, like, uh, signals. Do you know what I'm talking about, Vince? It, yeah. has, it has a catchier acronym, of course. But he gets into, like, the idea of, of putting audio out into space. And, and Oh, are you listening? Is that the yes. other one? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. man. Oh, man. That's a good one. Ugh. This dude is so compelling. Haunting. And it's so, haunting like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but he, he just talks about the idea of – like, like we are, we have continually been broadcasting a signal for 50, 60, I don't know, you know, call me out on that, please. Years. It's like 70 years. Sure. And um, it's like, we're putting out our, our broadcast signal, but after, like, you know, I don't know how many years ago, Vince, maybe, you know, but uh, we stopped listening we, because it was too expensive. So we stopped, we took down our satellites or our, um, our whatever systems to listen. Am I correct still, Vince? Uh, this is how I'm remembering the narrative. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So we, we stopped listening, basically, with, because it was too expensive. The technology was too expensive. And it was, like, kind of a plea to say, like, what if what if uh, we're dealing with a race or with, like, a, an entity that does not have the ability yet to listen? Because it, it took us many, 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 many more years to develop the technology to listen than it did to project. And so if this alien race is behind us technologically – then they don't have the ability to um, to listen saying. yet. They can only broadcast. So as an advanced society, we have a responsibility to be listening. And it just oh, it's just like so powerful Dude. and just raw. And so okay, Carl said. And you yeah. know what these videos kind of make me feel? Vulnerable. Not only connected, <laughs> so fucking vulnerable. I'm sorry to steal yes. your punchline. I... No, but that's totally right. Connected to the human race as a whole, but also vulnerable on a personal level. Mm. Uh, so without further ado. Can we jump into some last words? Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Benjamin Reese, you know, this is also something we do every show. We ask our guest very kindly to do two things before we wrap up. 
One is to let our listeners know how they can support you. And two is to impart on them one lasting thought. If they were to take one thing away from this episode, what would that be? Uh, so if you want to take it away and take us home, start with how they can support you. ET phone home. Yeah, well, I assume, I assume your audience, um, you guys out there listening, are mostly creative types or people mm-hmm. aspiring to be you know, involved in the creative industry at some level. And so if you want to help me out, um, best way would be to email me at ben at com. That's T-H-E-D-E-L-T-R-E-E.com. And just tell me how you want to collaborate. Tell me how you want to collaborate with oh, our yeah. company. If you're a filmmaker or a interactive involved in interactive video in any way, um, we have lots of projects on the table, and we have um, our model is kind of helping other um, filmmakers succeed and and uh, digital storytellers, you know, be able to do their do, focus on the work they love and let us handle some of, like the business stuff. And so, give us a shout out if you want to collaborate um, on something. And I'm going to email you. Great. That's great. Uh-uh. Yeah, any, anything you want to do, like just stars the limit. You, we are video badasses. Go look at a reel, and, they and you're are like confirmed. If you're a designer and you want to design something with us, do a motion graphics thing integrated with live action. We do live action really well. If you're a um, uh, a writer and you want someone to uh, produce your film or uh, your your script, contact us. If you're a designer and would like to do motion graphics we have motion graphics people we can hook you up with if honestly man i'm gonna email like i know we're talking right now but i'm gonna email (laughs) you because these are all things i want to do yep hell yes so for it yeah i'm we're ready so that's why we had you on actually to be honest it it was not about one elaborate excuse yeah yeah yeah. it was it was just a trick basically but i'm being vulnerable now so and if they can find you on social media that's another way i'm guessing oh yeah yeah it's Email is the best way to get my attention, but Ben, but you can also I, I'm semi-active on sporadically active on Instagram, which is Benjamin Reese, and um, I'll spell with a C, and then uh, same with Twitter, Benjamin Reese, and my blog is bnjmin dot com, and you can see different various things that I've made on there. Awesome, and yeah, great. Well, looking forward to hearing you from you guys out there. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you will. That'll all be show noted. So you didn't They'll have probably to break your email, paper. to be honest. Uh, <laughs> By the way, I, I'm sorry. Uh, just a general shout out to the people out there who are interested in working with really creative, cool people. I'm not saying I'm the most creative, cool person to work with, but I get a lot of resumes. I get a lot of people who want to yeah, intern. Yeah. Like every day, I get like three or four emails, and you know that's you know probably amplified times ten on bigger companies. So sure. I can only imagine. Um, it's getting to the point where I want to create like a jobs email address just so I can automatically funnel them away, away from our main, which makes me think that's why most people have jobs email addresses. <laughs> you know? right. so, but, but, but my main sort of encouragement to people out there, if you want to get involved or do something or crack into some company or industry or person, come up with an idea to pitch. Yeah. Don't just say, I'm here. You know, Come up with something Dude. that you want to do with someone. Come up with the idea – and you know, make it look like you've moved it far along, and you had a lot, a lot of traction. And then say, well, you can just bullshit it, but be like, I have this idea. <laughs> and then, and then that makes it something you can like wrap that that person can then wrap their head around, that company oh, can wrap their head around. Versus you're just their re- this resume, and you're like, 
okay, cool. What am I supposed to do? Follow this for the future or what? You know? Yeah. Two, two points on that. One is somebody came to me recently. Um, actually, you know what? And being vulnerable, actually, uh, Vince, you know him well, and he he wouldn't be offended by this, but ben, Kevin Hughes, you worked Kevin with him, right? Hughes, at one point, great guy, interesting guy, fun fun. Oh cat yeah, 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 friend. really, really talented writer. Um, but he was he was just talking about collaboration, but not just collaboration. He came to me with like a fucking great idea, a great idea for a project I'm working on that he knows I'm working on, and like it was so good, and I was just like, oh yeah, this is so obvious, like. I love you. <laughs> um, and so, like, that's a really great thing. But but actually, what you're saying, Benjamin, is something I said. Um, uh, I was talking to some students at the University of Minnesota last week, and something I said was, go get coffee with every person ever. Not not actually, but, like, getting coffee with people is a really good thing. And, like, meeting with people who have who have positions that you are interested in or who are doing work that you're interested in, whatever. But the important thing, especially for busy people – and I was like saying, like, if somebody wants to like get coffee or get together, to me, if you don't have context, any sort of context point, it sucks, and I don't want to do it, and like I'm not interested in that. But if you give a context point, like a frame of reference for the whole relationship, that's great, and it just sets things in motion. So that could be anything. It could just be like, wow, hey Benjamin, like I loved this piece of work that you did, and like. Uh, I want to talk about X, X, like a very specific sort of thing with that. And then you have some context and then you can give better advice or you can give better insight or whatever. And it's just like gives some frame to the conversation. Absolutely, man. Yeah. That, that's all like super, that's just good stuff. That's good advice to take it with you and to keep in mind. Write it, uh, yeah, write it on a note card. Keep it in your pocket. That's why my grandpa used to say. Uh, tattooed on your body like in Memento. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of advice... Benjamin Reese, if you wanted our listeners to take one thing away from your time on this episode, what would that be? Hmm. I feel like we need to cry together. <laughs> um, I didn't mean that I in would, a derogatory way. God, I fucked I up would, the whole episode. I'll, I'll leave you with just a random bunch of just life lessons. And <laughs> the life lessons nobody would, talk, would necessarily say. Um, Fuck yeah. If you feel really down frequently... Um, change some things that are really basic. What you put in your body, where you live, what your job is. You know, specifically on the drinking thing. If you drink more than three times a week and you're sad, just quit drinking. Trust me, it it works. Um, and I guess the same goes with smoking weed or anything else you're putting in your body. Just mm-hmm. change it and see what happens. It might make a world of a difference. Um. What else? Um, just, to, you know, vulnerability. What on vulnerability? I would say also, you know, don't don't be paralyzed with thinking on the question why. The question why is an important question, but at the end of the day, we probably are just a bunch of monkeys walking around talking about <laughs> how cool our lives is and complicated, and we're like ants and like a fucking, you know, anthill scurrying around. On um, a dust moat on a lampshade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so at the end of the day, just the biggest thing is don't be paralyzed with your vulnerability. Don't be don't take your life so seriously. Like you like what you do, living with purpose is important, but don't don't stress and don't kill yourself over it. I mean, I just know that's what I did. I took my life so seriously. I was gonna be the I told someone that I you know, I wanted to be the the what was that rapper? Little Wayne of film. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and, 
And I, I was like, they were like, what the hell? And I was like, yeah, just, just watch, just watch. Just and then you start, you start making money and you start getting some success and, you know, it can go to your head or you can, you know, buy a Porsche or whatever. And, you know, and then next thing you know, it, it's like, you're in the same, uh, situation that you always are in and just living your life. And, you know, all these things, these successes that you had might've made it worse. They might've amplified those, those foundations that were never right. And so make sure before you go do anything in life, you know, before you go taking yourself all seriously and changing the world, just think about, am I being healthy to myself? Am I being real to myself? Am Mm -hmm. I being vulnerable to who I am and my mistakes of the past or, or, you know, the present? And am I, do I need to make some really big changes before I go off and make this next startup before I go off and raise this next round of investment? Mm -hmm. Let's be, do a, do a super real check and say, be self-aware, or even ask self-aware, yeah. Thanks, man. And sit, do a gut check and say, do I need to make some real adjustments to my environment or to my company's environment before we move on here? And I think that can that's probably been the biggest lesson that I've learned in my life that relates to vulnerability. So, dude, that, was, that helps. That was just like perfect. What a bet! What like a perfect way to summarize a very vulnerable, at times existential, at times sort of irreverent episode and conversation then with that like just kind of overarching holistic approach like i think it's my take a look at yourself it's usually my turn to like jump in and like kind of mess up the uh the nice bow we put on right yeah you usually unravel it (laughs) yeah yeah so so we've wrapped it up now let's uh let's ruin it no i'm I'm just kidding no i man i i think um even 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 thinking about the end of this uh, this conversation is like we should have another one. We should have another one. And I think we didn't necessarily get at even some of the – like, l- let's just talk about some of the shitty stuff, right? Um, not right now. But right. <laughs> later, later, later. But uh, wh- what you were getting at, though, was, like, was talking about our life stuff. And it those are things that have been very apparent to me and they're things that I've, like – been working on and it's very much a working on never like a, oh this is complete fix but you know just eating right just getting back to the basics you know exercise right. well that, that was yeah. my one question for you guys to close yeah. close double close oh here out. we go yeah 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 oh, what is the one thing you need to change about your life you know let me just say let me just say i, th- I think if there's one one th- wait is like or, so? You're asking, is there one thing we need to change personally? No, um, yeah. What if you were to think about your life and you thought about the one thing that I really need to change about it? What would you What would you say? I can go first. Okay, let me just say one thing. So Vince, yeah, please do. But <laughs> but sorry, but you started me off on a track in my head. Now without was, a caveat. Fuck you. All right. <laughs> sorry. Uh, my first, my first thought was if there's, yeah, finish if, the trail, finish if trail. there's, if there's one thing that people can take away to do a great place to start, because that's where a lot of things go uh, haywire is like thinking about where to start is to, um, take a little bit of a lesson from the artist way. And it's something I've preached to Vince before and, and to other people. And, um, it's writing, writing three pages every morning and, uh, just free, free flow sit down every single morning, write it, you know, stay consistent with it. It's kind of like an exercise program, but uh, just writing three pages every morning to me um, has been something that allows me to process events 
as they're happening. And it's sort of a form of therapy and a form of talking about it, which is vulnerable. And to be honest, I realized even in the beginning of that, I was totally fucking censoring what I was saying on the page to no one. So now think about y'all real lives. And what I realized is, oh, I need to let go and start just really putting out what I'm thinking on the page. And then that enabled me to be way more vulnerable in my real life. Um, and all of that just helps me process, be real, be raw, be authentic, be self-aware, and, and just grow. I love that. That's awesome. Sorry, Vince, what, what were you going to say about one oh, thing you it, need to change in your life? Yeah, to to take us out, we can we can do this. We can share the one thing we need to change before we wrap this up. I like that. Um, personally, I think I need to be more preact- proactive in general. Uh, I think I'm a reactive person. I like react to the circumstances of my career and my relationships and, you know, my life in general. And I think sometimes I can feel myself being reactive and I think I need to be more proactive in general. So what does that look like? You know, it's tough to say, right? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. But I mean, I feel like that's, that's the next question is then what's the kind of action step in that? Uh, I think the action step is a simple question to ask more often. It's not, how do I feel about this situation? It's what, sort of situation do I want to create? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think I consider myself an extremely happy person uh, and a fortunate person. I think my life is great. I have very few complaints, but it's kind of a complacent attitude as well because I'm reacting to what I think is a comfortable life situation, which is maybe not maximized. Like mm-hmm. my happiness might not be maximized. Got to optimize it just like SEO, man. Exactly, dude. Get those search terms. We are the uh, SEO of happiness here on the Fantastic. What about you, Grant? Um, I think Take us home. I think the biggest change I can make, the biggest thing I can do, it's something I'm working on right now. I'm genuinely working on, and it's to be more focused. And I don't mean it in a uh, job interview. What's your biggest flaw? I'm a perfectionist bullshit way. <laughs> I'm just too good at being fo- be, being detail-oriented. No, fuck off. No, I mean, honestly, it's, it's just focus. And when I say that, I mean, I really have pretty much continually had many, 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 many projects going on for a few years now. And what I'm realizing is the quality of those projects, the quality of my experience and others' experience depends on my focus and my availability yeah and and within that my stress levels go down and my quality of work goes up when i am more focused and i think within all this what i'm saying is that i sometimes use um multiplicity (laughs) you know like a variety of projects can feed the shit out of me but sometimes i use that as a crutch to say like i'm too busy for this because I'm focused on this and, and it's, it's almost like a built in excuse. Not that it's like too common that I do that, you know, but, um, it's very easy to to get in the habit of saying like, Oh, I'll, I will put off this to do this. And I mean, even that goes for health and for, for relationships and for that sort of thing. I'm too busy to have a girlfriend. I'm too busy to worry about my health right now because I'm so focused and all this applies to startups and, and to creatives, you know, and agencies or, or people making things stop using um, busyness or creating busyness for yourself as as an excuse to oh, accomplish never... and make the thing you want to make. That's yeah. perfect, man. Yeah, that never. That's just that's really on point. 
Yeah, busyness is never an excuse that works with me. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, fuck your busyness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Seriously. So, if you try to impress me with your busyness, you're not getting anywhere. That's like, that's like bullshit 101 to me. You know, mm-hmm. that should be the tagline of this episode. Fuck your business. <laughs> actually, actually, I was gonna say, do you guys have a sponsor for this yet? Because if not, I'd like to leave like a little brought to you by message. Sure, go. For, I mean, all right. Yeah, we'll we, we, a, do, we do. We do, but we'll like, just leave it on. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't okay, know. well, this episode, vul- getting what, what is it called? Getting vulnerable. Maybe, what? maybe it's called getting getting vulnerable. vulnerability. I'm guessing. We'll see. We gotta talk to our producer. Okay. This episode, vulnerability, is brought to you by Fuck Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> Can we leave that one in there? <laughs> that's Stan. That's Stan. And that's how we're going to end it, guys. Uh, Hell, man. Who knows? So that might much. be how we start it, Vince. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Benjamin Reese. This has been awesome. Truly, and I mean this, a unique episode. And I had a ton of fun. Yeah, it was fun. It, I had a ton of fun, too. This is, hey, I'm smiling so, ear to ear. So, so go to, go to Amazon.com. Look up um, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Use the promo code 10KHRS. You're going to get 30% off of Brene Brown's new book about vulnerability. Um, thanks to Brene for sponsoring this episode. Um, and thanks to the Anti-Adderall Corporation for, for donating this episode as well. <laughs> Man, which is really generous, uh, folks, this week. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we should probably ship it. I don't know. What do you guys have going on for the next two and a half hours? <laughs> All right. We're shipping it. Shipped. Hey, thanks, Ben. You're, you're Benjamin. Sorry. You're awesome. Okay.